Hello, and thank you for listening. My name is Colleen Barbera. I'm a managing partner with JAM Consulting Group. Joining me is longtime friend and colleague David Evan, or Davin, as we know him, Morrison, MD. Dr. Morrison has been an advisor to executives at Morrison Associates for the last 20 plus years, is a partner at the Behavioral Forensics Group, and founder of Agile Analytics, which advises investors and entrepreneurs through the Enclave and Kellogg School at Northwestern. Welcome, David. Thank you. Good morning, Colleen. How are you today? Very good. Very good. 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 Well, thanks for joining me. Our, our topic today is incivility. I thought it'd be helpful for us to define what that is, why it's occurring to the levels that we are seeing, and potential solutions for any of our listeners who have to deal with it. Um, in my experience and expertise around incivility, I'd like to get your thoughts on this too, but it's essentially poor social interactions that lead to impacting others in a negative way. Would you yeah, agree with that? That's an excellent definition. Yes, very good. Um, you know, and I, I think this is so timely because we're seeing levels of incivility that, that uh, we have not seen uh, in quite some time. And I thought it it's very relevant for a lot of people just trying to get um, acclimated to the uncertainty that they're living with now. Uh, you know, we're seeing a lot of things across the country, uh, you know, swear words thrown around by senior executives, people refusing to comply with mask and, and social distancing requirements. And, you know, just the other day I witnessed um, an unfortunate situation at a bakery where a customer was incensed that she had to wait longer than five minutes for her order to be delivered to her car. She was swearing at the employee and no matter what he tried to do to calm her down or apologize, she ended up grabbing the order out of his hands uh, and sped off in her car. So, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of these things. It's, it's obviously very troublesome. And I think it, it leads to, you know, further conversation for us to help us understand what, what's at the source of making people so angry and frustrated. Well, there are many causes likely to that kind of behavior. And probably one of the most obvious to remember is something that we're all experiencing, which is the current pressure slash pressure cooker of the pandemic. And people that study it, sociologists, epidemiologists know that overall irritation, irritability, distress, and rage increases during a pandemic for all the demands and concerns that come with the pandemic. It's fairly well known that when you, there is a pandemic, there's more spousal abuse, there's more child abuse. And interesting, they're finding what they thought was going to be, one, one theory was there was going to be a baby boom in Wuhan. It turns out there's a boom of divorces. So hmm. we're all kind of experiencing this irritability, distress that can boil up into anger. The story that you describe is an important one and an interesting one for all of us who are around service and taking care of others, particularly in the financial advisory world. But <clears throat> the police department have known, the strong police departments that do really well serving their communities know that um, good employees, good future police officers come from the hospitality industry because they've been in those situations where somebody comes in and for whatever reason is in a mood 
and is irritable and potentially dangerous. And the ones that do well have learned how first to manage themselves and then to be able to calm down the overall um, uh, high temperature and irritability of the individual, as well as keep the overall environment safe. So those are very unpleasant to experience. Uh, unfortunately, they're probably going to be more and more common, not only in restaurants and grocery stores, but even just driving around as people come back onto the roads. Right, right. Well, and, you know, is this a, a, a sort coming from a source of people have simply stopped caring about what others think because they are not in the public eye as much because of isolation? Or is this a sign of self-preservation? Yeah, it's probably both of those things could very well be. Um, we, we're hungry as we shelter in place. We're hungry for social connection. And we're probably losing some of our social muscles, our skills at, at paying attention to and then responding to, to other people. Um, we're probably losing and, and, and not as uh, skilled at being self-aware, how we're coming across, how perhaps we're dressed or how we're carrying ourselves or how actually irritable or angry we actually are. The other thing that can happen, in, as we've discussed in prior podcasts, is you lose your routines, you lose your structures. So things are, these other things are compounding and distressing people. So in that particular case where that customer got really upset and angry, it'd be important to, to remember that there's probably something other than whatever was going on with her bakery order uh, that was bothering her. And their relative uh, ability to rein in the behavior has been, um, has been lost. But unfortunately, we're, we're the, that in, the, that's going to increase in incidents, I believe. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I think you know, another thing that's uh, maybe leading to this, and, and I find it um, totally agree with you with regard to losing that sort of social muscle or, you know, uh, muscle memory uh, with the primary method of communication not being in person, uh, rather being over social media, text or email, um, there's a certain level of anonymity or lack of accountability um, you know, what impact does that have on the level of incivility that people are willing to project? Do you think that there's a link there? Oh, yeah, no. And this is predates the pandemic. There's pretty clear evidence that our relative skills with anger and outrage are dropping. And there's even evidence that there's an industry that profits from anger and outrage, the, the, the media um, and or the social media. So we've been advising um, our clients to be thoughtful about telling their people and, of course, remembering that you want to temper how much you look at the news or how much you look at social media because it can hook you. <clears throat> they have algorithms that are designed to take you down paths that are more and more outrageous and, and polarizing. So I, I think that's important to remember for our clients that we work with, uh, uh, Jam consulting clients and, and, and their clients, they're moving in this world too. And they're seeing this and um, uh, the, the challenge will be to at least be aware of it, to pay attention to the irritability or affect that's coming through on the telephone or in the, the video conference, and then be ready to um, uh, respond to it and then tone it down. But um, the, the challenge is, is, is significant. 
And obviously the place where you want to start is with yourself. How fired up are you? How ready to react are you? And is that going to serve your needs? Is that really what is best in the moment? Yeah, I think you bring up a, a really great point. And that is, you know, and one of the the quotes that I know you go to a lot is, is don't just do something, stand there and think. And I think that that's <laughs> What people are forgetting to do is is right. reevaluate what what is your brand? How do you want to come across? Do you want to um, get caught up in all of this? And and obviously we're talking at you know different extremes of situations here where you know that individual who was you know working for the bakery it it he needs to be in a sort of a mode of self preservation. Uh, you know, hopefully that a, a lot of our listeners are not experiencing levels of rage from others to quite that extent. And I, I think that there are some things that we can offer up or maybe insights at this point with regard to, you know, what to do um, in terms of managing yourself and maybe neutralizing that situation. I know something that comes to mind for, for me um, and our experience is just the the first step of and the key behavioral science principle of helping people know that they're heard and understood and you know what are your thoughts on that is that part of you know the process that's going to help you know maybe lower or neutralize that those incidents of rage yeah no i think that's really important and there's times where you want to pay attention to the words and then there's times where you want to pay attention to the emotional tone in the story we're talking about in the bakery store, you got you got to forget the words and watch the emotional tone and actually the behavior. Mm -hmm. So in banks or in psychiatric wards or in other places where there is threat of physical violence, you want to make sure that first you're secure. But in our regular professional life, it's it's more about um, that that step that you're describing, which is acknowledging that person is upset and with with whatever language that you feel comfortable using, talking to it. Uh, if you quickly try to move past it, that's only going to make the person more irritated or even angry. But as if you can acknowledge it and um, the person can appreciate that you are making a genuine effort to acknowledge it, that does a tremendous amount of work uh, to deepen the working relationship with that person and also decrease the overall emotional tone. So things like it, it sounds as if you're um, this is really upsetting you. Oh, yeah, this is really upsetting me. I can't believe they're doing this or that this is impacting my finances in this way or that we're not going to be able to go back and open up our doors again for another six weeks. And we're not even anywhere near where there's any cases. Well, that's understandable. You know, mm -hmm. acknowledging those those emotions uh, does a lot to then be able to engage the more rational part of the brain in problem solving. Yeah, I, 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 it's, it's fascinating how that can work. And, you know, I have uh, experienced that firsthand. And I think that, you know, in, in thinking about this topic, um, based on what you're saying there and, and just highlighting that acknowledgement factor, it's not necessarily that people have stopped caring what other people think. It's that maybe people don't think that anybody cares. And it's, it's having that, that opportunity uh, possibly to say, okay, there's more to the story here. Uh, let's first of all say, hey, I, you know, I, I can understand that you'd be upset or it seems that something's upsetting you. Let's understand more what that might be. 
and and try to get to that step, which you're saying is the dialogue and engaging the the more rational behavior. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, neuroscientists call it uh, amygdala hijacking or emotional hijacking, and I can describe a, a situation where that happens to me. Right? You're tired. You're working on something. Perhaps it's around your kitchen. And this is an example that I've experienced. It's late in the day. It's not going the way you want. Um, you lift your head up and you bang your head on the cabinet door that's open. That hurts. And then you punch the, the cabinet door. Now you got a hurt head and a hurt hand. I mean, that's the emotional hijacking that can happen to, to any of us. Um, and you want to do that, what you described is uh, don't just do something, uh, stand there. Uh, give yourself that moment of pause before you, you punch the cabinet. I mean, these, these, are, these can be microseconds. Uh, when it's interpersonal, when it's a word that's a punch or a, a tone or a, a physical aggression that's, uh, you know, like leaning into somebody or staring somebody down, uh, it's very important, obviously, to look away and to, to give yourself that pause and the other person a pause to calm down. Well, that's what doesn't happen with social media. You're not in the same room with the person. You don't have a sense of relationship. You're, you're not making an effort to connect with them. Um, and you're just caught up in this in this uh, rage and the system reinforces uh, the rage. Sure. Yeah, that that makes uh, perfect sense. So so I think what we can offer to our listeners is uh, a, uh, you know, give yourself a moment to reevaluate what sort of impression you want to make, you know, um, and, and that doesn't have to be in the moment of emotional frustration. It could be, you know, when you just have time to reflect uh, to remind yourself, um, B, uh, limit your exposure to social media. Uh, I think that that's, that's smart, regardless of the circumstances that are happening around the world. Um, and, and in order to neutralize is, you know, helping people know that they're heard and understood. And it doesn't necessarily mean agreeing with the behavior. Uh, I think we can, we can both agree on that. It's, it's about, helping people know that they aren't necessarily alone. Um, any additional thoughts or comments in, on that? Well, yeah, no, I think you nailed it. And, and we could go down all sorts of interesting paths around neuroscience and, and the law enforcement, what to do with extreme behaviors. But in, in the world where we're working in professional advising, it's just to remember that first we have to own the transition. If we see something on the news or we're driving in our car or we see some behavior that's emotionally hijacking somebody or emotionally hijacking us, a colleague of mine says, we have to own the transition. Whatever that was, we need to move ourselves out of it and get back in the frame of mind of engaging with our client or who's ever um, asking for our professional help and um, making sure that, that we can do our best to bring 100% attention and focus to, to their needs. And, you know, if, if all of us could do more of that, I think it would bring the overall tone down a lot. I, I would agree with that. So, so essentially, uh, managing our emotions, not, not falling into letting our, ma our emotions manage us. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Great. Uh, well, this has been a very helpful, very insightful conversation. Dr. Morrison, thank you so much. Um, really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll have a, a follow-up to this topic because I think it's a really important and uh, timely and relevant one right now. Very welcome. Delighted to be with you. Thank you.
And I think that's it for today. Thanks for joining us uh, for our podcast. Uh, Again, this is Colleen Barbero with JAM Consulting Group. Have a great day. Thank you.